Welcome to Muskegon History and Beyond with the Lakeshore Museum Center. Before we get into today's episode, I do have a programming note. Um, We have been doing episodes every week here for the podcast, but we're going to start scaling that back. So our next episode actually won't be the following week. Our next episode will be releasing on June 3rd, and we're going to aim for every other week for our podcast releases. So typically it will be the first and third Wednesday of the month. And we'll see how that goes going forward. So we'll be keeping you up to date uh, on new episodes that release about how our timeline is going to work and when we'll be going back to monthly releases of the podcast. But hopefully you've enjoyed our weekly releases during this time period. And now to today's episode. The name of Charles Mears is well known in western Michigan. After all, he was instrumental in the towns of Whitehall, Pentwater, and Ludington, He also has a state park named after him that you might have heard of, Mears State Park. What you might not know, though, is that he had a brother who was also very successful and whose efforts helped shape the city of Whitehall even more than Charles did. The Mears in the 1800s lived in Massachusetts. They had several children, including Charles, and their last child, the focus of our episode, Albert Mears. Albert was born on September 13, 1821. As a young man, he went with his brother Charles to Michigan, where the two settled in Pawpaw, running a general goods store. This store would give both the Mears experience in store management and supply chains that they would use throughout their life. In 1836, Charles got in his head to travel up the western coast of Michigan and find a good location to construct a sawmill. At this time, lumbering was the up-and-coming business. The brothers found a small boat and gathered a few men before setting off. The journey took them all the way to White Lake, from which they traveled up what is the White River today, but what they named the Silver River. Upstream, they found a suitable location to build a water-powered mill, but didn't have the right supplies to create it. So Charles left on foot to go and buy the requisite supplies, while 15-year-old Albert was left behind with the men. While waiting, he and the men built a small 16-by-20-foot cabin out of the local logs. However, after a period of time, they got disheartened and lost hope that Charles was ever returning with the supplies. Not wanting to stay, they boarded the boat with the intention to return to Pawpaw. However, during his time by the White River, Albert had gotten a painful felon. Not a criminal, but rather an abscess in his finger, which if left untreated could cause him to lose it. Most likely this began with a splinter that had pierced his finger and gotten infected. So Albert stopped at Grand Haven to have it lanced. From there he continued to St. Joseph. At St. Joseph he saw his brother coming in on another ship but apparently he had had such a bad time at White Lake that he hid because he didn't want his brother dragging him back there. Indeed, Albert would not return to White Lake for a long time. He seems to have gone back to Pawpaw, and the next we hear of Albert is of his marriage to a Mary Helen Turner on January 26, 1842. In the 1850 census, Albert and Mary are shown living with Mary's mother in a town called Lafayette in Van Buren County, and Albert is listed as a livery keeper with a real estate value of 2600 We will see that soon he would improve on that value. In 1849, they had their first child, a boy, who died a year later, and in 1854, the couple would have a daughter. After their marriage, Albert and Mary went out west to California, where Albert tried his hand at mining and investing with money he had received from his father's estate. This didn't go well, and the Mears left California to return to Michigan poorer from the experience. In July of 1861, Albert returned to Whitehall, maybe out of his brother's urging or because he had heard it was an up-and-coming area that he could make his wealth at. 
Either way, this time he would stick it out in the White Lake area, never living anywhere else for the remainder of his life. In August of 1861, he purchased the General Goods Store, that's capital THE General Goods Store, as it was the only one in the area, and it was a store that was originally created by his brother. It was located on Colby Street by the waterfront. Besides buying the store, Albert quickly became involved in the church, working with Stephen Hall to bring a retired minister by the name of P.R. Van Frank to come to Whitehall to preach for those living there. Services were originally held in a log cabin owned by Mears. This little congregation would eventually grow and an Episcopal church would be built in which Albert served on the vestry for. In 1862, Whitehall received its first post office and Albert Mears was selected as the first postmaster, a position he held for four years, even though it seems it wasn't a great job as his predecessor quit the post office without even lasting a month. As postmaster, he was getting a nice salary of $110 a year in his first year and $440 in his last year. Besides the post office and church, Albert had his store, which remained the only store in Whitehall for a few years. In 1867, an article describes Whitehall as a town of a thousand residents with ten sawmills, six stores, three hotels, and a tannery. We know from the 1870 census that Charles and Mary had a personal estate of $25,000 and owned real estate valued at $20,000, quite the step up from earlier. Politics would be the next realm tackled by Albert. When Whitehall Township held its first election in 1874, he served as an inspector. He also happened to be elected the first township supervisor in that same election. He was re-elected again in 1875, 1876, in which he received 152 out of 153 votes, and in 1877. His time as supervisor was noted for Mears' responsibility for the township's money and running it cheaply, and for never sacrificing public good for his personal gain. Albert was known as a reluctant politician, but was also available if called upon to run. He was very respected in the community, and it showed in the willingness to elect him. In the 1880s, Albert got involved in banking with the First National Bank of Whitehall. He would serve as its president and director in 1881, and then director again in the following years. This bank would close in January of 1897 amid some controversy. A lawsuit brought against the directors, including Mears, stated that they falsified reports to make the bank standing seem better than it was and defrauded investors and clients. Later, a jury would rule that Mears was not guilty of this crime. He also got involved with the public school system and was on the board and served as a director for many years. At the turn of the century, Albert was still living in Whitehall on his 20 acres by the lake where he had a farm and was still running his grocery store. Around that same time, his wife Mary passed away. The two of them had been married for 59 years. Albert's death would follow soon after his wife as he passed away on February 6, 1901 from heart disease. Albert Mears is buried at Oakhurst Cemetery in Whitehall. Thank you for joining us today, and we will be back in June. 